0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
1: Shake Them Ropes, episode 286. Brock is back for now and for more cash ray is also back and caitlin makes a return on the may young classic we'll go over a little bit about hell in the cell raw smackdown 205 live nxt the may young classic heat velocity i just think they need another show oh, honestly shows. there's just
0: not enough <laughs> wwe programming oh, oh
1: the mixed match challenge <laughs> which i didn't watch uh you just heard chris novembrino
0: hi chris Hello, Jeff. Do you think there's enough television?
1: I think there's quite a bit of TV. Uh, You know, Chris, they say delusion is the final recourse for the damned. This was the opening line in Undertaker's promo on Raw. No one's ever said that.
0: I have never heard that ever.
1: I googled it just to see if it's some random you know, quote from some strange 18th century philosopher. No, no, you can't say they say delusion is the final recourse for the damned when no one's ever said delusion is the final recourse for the damned.
0: Well, maybe he was planting the seeds so that you and I would say <laughs> that delusion is the final recourse of the damned. And now he's right because you and I have both said it, creating a they.
1: De- delusion maybe the final recourse for storytelling sometimes in this company. But I did watch everything except the Mix Match Challenge. I I it it's look, the Mixed Match Challenge is a light, fluffy watch, but after fifteen hours of WWE programming and I have consumed it all, I'm not watching the Mixed Match Challenge. I'm sorry. For the completest out there i should cover it and i'm still
0: doing the lucha underground show if you haven't noticed so i mean i'm never sitting here and going i wish there was more wrestling to watch on the wwe side
1: i i did like though that charlotte kind of uh got up and uh twerked a bit in front of naomi in a a chif that i saw online i was like okay it's it's nice lighthearted comedy a lot of talking a lot of house show type style stuff except with cameras so it picks up the conversation it's kind of cool i've watched hell in the cell uh my general opinion was it was a good show for the first two thirds and then it fell off of a cliff
0: yeah that last match in particular braun and roman i just don't feel like they have great in-ring chemistry together i don't feel like either one of them really knows how to call a match particularly well. And it's in part because neither of them have ever spent any time outside of WWE.
1: Those of you who want to hear me do a match by match breakdown of hell in the cell. I did the Fightful post show over there with Alex Palowski and Sean Ross Sapp. So you can go there. These are going to be mostly cold, tepid takes or perhaps retreads of the takes that I had. Um, I thought the last three matches were pretty bad from the mixed tag to Ronda and Alexa to then Braun and Roman. I, let me, I mean, the first two-thirds pretty good. I thought the the pre-show match over-delivered a bit with Rusev Day and the New Day. Um, I, I think overall the worst thing they did was they put way too much heat on the referees in like three or four of these matches where one, it would have been really effective. Um, You know, on the Jeff Hardy-Orton match, you know, I liked that Orton said, "Do your job." I thought that was a nice touch because this is supposed to be fight to right. a finish type right. stuff. The one thing I didn't like was the screwdriver in the ear spot. I get why they did it; it is a gross visual. Don't get me wrong, but from an old school point of view, for me, I mean, my favorite match—I've said this over and over again—is the Starcade match between Tully and and Magnum. And they had a guy and they had a broken chair in that match where you had a spike and he's trying to jam it into the guy's eye to get him to quit. And eventually tries to get it or Tully tries to jam it into Magnum TA's eye and then Magnum gets the spike and eventually drives it into his forehead to the point of when when Tully then quits, even though he never says I quit. The problem here is sticking it in his ear, you better be sticking it into his ear to try and pull out his brain or up his nose if you have a screwdriver. This is where my kind of suspension of reality went out the window. Yeah, for
0: me, if you're going to go to that extreme, I almost need Jeff Hardy to tap out there in order to buy that particular spot.
1: Ooh, that would have been interesting. Instead, we got him kind of doing the longest parallel bars routine in history while Randy just kind of gets up, walks away from the table, looks at him as he falls
0: through. This I I thought was going to go to some big spot. And that's why we were getting the Randy Orton style pacing of a match. And, you know, Jeff Hardy is doing his Jeff Hardy thing, taking a few crazy bumps, but I thought we were going to have him falling off of the top of the cage Something real crazy, and it never quite got there. Instead, it was, as you said, parallel bars.
1: Yeah, and it, and then you get the other hell in the cell, where look, the whole concept of hell in a cell is you are supposed to be able to no keep one these gets two in. inside a it, it, that's ring. The whole point of the And no one gets in, and then and then eventually it became everybody gets out and starts doing stunts from up and around the the cage. Okay, that's kind of a cool thing but eventually they come back in to finish the match and now it's like you had the dogs of war come down and utterly (laughs) the spot was just so contrived between seth or yeah between seth and dolph on the side of the cage to the point where they're just checking with each other to make sure they're ready and then they jump that
0: last headbutt into the cage thing where they both have to sell them headbutting themselves into the cage at the same time. The reason you have all these guys out there is because Roman and Braun can't deliver a thirty-minute good Hell in a Cell match this time around because they've had so many matches at this point.
1: And and then Brock comes down and it, there's no finish to the match. Are you are you kidding me? I mean, and, and the funny thing is, this is like the second pay-per-view in a row where they cut out real quick because they wanted to avoid the booze which they got there. But look, even if somebody broke into the cage in previous years, the match would continue until you had a winner. I, I, I just, I understand that, but they really didn't think that one through i think
0: no obviously not Uh, and why wouldn't people be booing that the whole point of the hell in the cell thing is it's really supposed to be conclusive people aren't supposed to be able to get in although from fairly early on starting from like kane's debut you've always had people getting into the cell but the matches always had a finish there's supposed to be a finality about it we're going to hell one of us is not coming back from hell
1: (laughs) The red cell being indicative of hell now because, you know, there are red cells in hell. It it says so in Revelations. I'm pretty sure of this. (laughs) Um, And the other thing, and this will get into Raw a bit. uh, Look, I I can make all the excuses for Ronda Rousey. Uh, She shows flashes of brilliance. She's very good for the amount of time she's been in. I'm of the opinion she's not ready for prime time still.
0: her promo is certainly still very, very rough, and no one has worked with her on that in a way that they should have.
1: That and you know, it's weird in that match during Hell in the Cell, I mean, she's basically giving running commentary during her entire match. And I this is we I brought this up before the the quote unquote Sasha Banksing during the match, but it's particularly bad with Ronda. You ready? In terms of yeah, th- yeah, I remember that one. I she, but this one isn't calling spots so much. I think it's storytelling wise, which is very, very odd for them uh, to do in terms of yeah, come on over here. I'm gonna hurt. You know, it, it was very house show like
0: in a way. I think it's her version of storytelling. But yes, some time in NXT would have been good for her. But how do you do that when it's Ronda Rousey?
1: Yeah. I guess, I mean...
0: It's a tough scenario to be in. And also, she's still champion now. Although I do think we are solely building to the Bellas or Natty having a match against Ronda.
1: Well, it's so weird because when she came in, she cut that promo that said, I just want to be like every other woman. And now she's getting booked almost like every other woman in some ways. Up until the big match, it, it's, uh, you know... I have to cut all the all these long promos that I'm not very good at. I have to have these clunky matches from week to week that make me a little bit less special here and there. I, I, it's just, it's very. It, it I'm not gonna say that that the new shine is off the toy, so to speak, because you know Vince kind of suffers from new toy syndrome, but man, it, it feels like. It, I wouldn't say she's getting deep pushed, but at the same time, it's like she's caught in all these, you know, how do I go out there and make an open challenge? Really? You were in UFC. After you win a fight, you call out your next opponent. Who do you want next? That—that's how, how does she not know that? I mean, they're making her look worse than she is. And part of that for me also is, is <laughs> I don't. I, okay. I, well, I a little to of this is like I, a
0: welcome to the jungle storyline for Ronda Rousey, where she's coming, she's all naive, and yeah. yeah, just like Axl Rose, and then he goes into Los Angeles and he sees how the jungle. The is.
1: WWE is a is a totally different world than mixed martial arts. Oh, you're just like really
0: is, is it? But that's the thing that Vince <laughs> yeah. wants to get across.
1: Yeah, I I almost used a poor term word, so I'll I'll go with this one instead. It's a Jekyll Hyde gimmick. It's like she's smiling, she's smiling, she's smiling, she sells, she sells, she sells. And then all of a sudden she snaps. <laughs> just, and that's her comeback. I'm just like, okay.
0: <laughs> Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch? You know what? This is very
1: close to being a very strong story in my opinion. I, I it's not there yet, but it's very, very close. Look,
0: they need to just accept the story that the audience is going to let them tell. Because I don't, I you, I know I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to keep Becky heel all the way through this. But man, if they just turned into it, but
1: Becky is playing a perfect, almost close to perfect. If you've ever had a, a falling out of friends and you got one up on them, and you're you're just tweaking them a little. You're not you're not going full on full-on you know what you're a terrible human being and you hurt me all that you, you you just tweak them here and there like the dropping of of the of the bitch in in the promo i thought was very very well timed it it was a little bit over the top with the uh i want you to put the belt around my waist and then kind of backing off on it a bit i mean they're gonna play up they they're playing up the problem here is is what are you going to do with Charlotte in this situation? Because if she pleads that, you know, hey, I'm just trying to be your friend, nobody's going to respect her. And she's already has the problem where she's bigger than Becky. Although I, I'm liking it, but I liked what they did on, on SmackDown. I thought that was pretty kind of cool. It's 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 not perfect, but it's very, very close to being a a good kind of 80s type of storyline where you can feel the tension in there. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like it. I just think that the audience wants to cheer Becky and is going to cheer Becky all the way down through the Charlotte and Becky feud. And if you want to tell a better story, you have to just accept that Becky is the baby face here and that, for whatever reason, people want Charlotte to have bad things happen to her, which is a perfectly good reason for her to start hating the fans.
1: <laughs> I, I just don't see... I mean, look, that, 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 pro, that promo there on on tuesday
0: i'm aware is, i'm aware i saw it too and they were cheering yeah weren't they and they were cheering I,
1: it's very uh for lack of a better term it's just it, it's baffling at times but this is what they do
0: i mean i got it for the first couple of weeks I understand that in a wrestling company, sometimes you've got to steer the audience a little bit, and you have to go in one direction, even with some resistance. But they have had resistance all the way down on this, and it feels, if anything, the stubborn getting it forced on you thing is almost turning her into a bit of a Daniel Bryan-type figure circa 2013.
1: Well, it's interesting because they're having a similar problem with Braun Strowman in that they... They've, yes, they've, I agree. they've had him cheering for so long or, or being cheered for so long. And now they're giving him laugh lines and, you know, pop the audience lines like, I know I could kick your ass to Baron Corbin, which is cool for a heel. Don't get me wrong. That I mean,
0: even saying things suck. Yeah. Where he's like, you suck and that sucks. And like, I mean, he's getting. Cool guy lines still. And you also have the baby face, in this case Roman, who is not connecting with the audience in the way that you need to turn Braun Strowman heel. Braun is getting
1: those NWO type of reactions where he's a cool heel versus you know, a guy that the audience hates. They want to cheer him. They want to see him destroy Roman. They want, and that's, that, that's. Yeah, because Roman's a yeah, square face.
0: The, and so Charlotte. They're square yeah, that's faces. that's the problem
1: here is eventually this, you suck and I, I could kick your ass, you know, and all these other things. It's going to turn him into a guy that they, they want to see him defeat Roman eventually. And that's not the point of this, which is, which is a bit of a dangerous game to play. Now we brought it up in the in the beginning Brock Lesnar is back for the Saudi Arabia show perhaps only with changes going on in the UFC who who knows what's going to go on there but uh any thoughts on on how they brought uh Brock back in um and do you see anything outside of just the big money payday show here?
0: Not right now. I don't think he comes back again after the big money payday show until Royal Rumble to set up his WrestleMania thing. Yeah,
1: I, I, I think that I don't even. He may not even be ready for that if he fights, you know, in the fall or in December or. Well, I, I forgot when they were looking to <coughs> put him in a fight exactly, so I, I can't say that with certainty, but. I think with John Jones being reinstated virtually in October, I think the original Cormier fight is definitely in doubt because it's more money to fight John Jones. So, you know.
0: But I could definitely see him as a late ad in the Royal Rumble, and he shows up as entrant number twenty-seven and wins the Rumble. If you want oh, to go that, that Yeah, way. yeah. I mean, there's just a bunch of different ways to reintroduce him around Rumble time, and so. After this big Saudi Arabia show, I do see him going away for the holidays.
1: But he is definitely slim and trim, and in the Usada testing pool, I think. Uh, judging yes. from his look, I, yes. I mean, he looked he looked like a younger Brock Lesnar. I, I was kind of impressed by that. Also coming back, Ray Mysterio. Um, look, Ray's going to be here to do a couple six one nines, pop the crowds. You know, high five the kids.
0: I watched him in Lucha Underground Jeff I know exactly what I'm getting from Rey Mysterio. Oh do tell them I mean look Rey is still capable of having an okay match but in this case what you're describing 619's pop the kids maybe show up on 205 Live as a mentor type character for the Lucha house party making sure that you have Rey Mysterio rubbing elbows with all of the people you want Rey Mysterio rubbing elbows with and getting those pictures and all of those sorts of things that's what Rey's here to do
1: yeah, I, I I was not a fan of Ray in the WWE. That, and I know that's.
0: Nope. I liked him in WCW. I grew up watching him WCW. in W C W and I'm of that generation where you play W C W versus NWO World Tour and W C W versus NWO Revenge and people would always pick Rey Mysterio. So Rey Mysterio, he's a guy I used to really like, but he never was particularly great in WWE in my opinion. Yeah, and
1: ECW and, and, and you know the other places that I watched him. I, I you know, he he would do all these things and then he had you know, he had the weird thing with the bigger ring and kind of the ropes as opposed to you know what he was used to so he would and and just the wwe wants you to work a pattern style and also for ray i mean if you've noticed his first appearance in new japan versus his appearance in all in the wwe ray they for some reason he feels the need to bulk up and that's what ends up killing his knees more than often I, i i i see him on smackdown i don't see him even appearing on 205 live less you know, they quote-unquote ruin his mystique or whatever.
0: He's not going to be the 205 Live champion, but I could see him going down and having special occasion matches, mentor matches, having some sort of storyline down there, building to a big match at some point with somebody on there. Cedric Alexander, for example. I, I'm just tossing someone out here.
1: Now, I don't mean to say he's going to have bad matches in WWE. Don't get me wrong. I I just...
0: Well, I'll tell you that he's not going to have... Classics because I've been watching him in lucha Underground.
1: You know, he's not going to have that freedom to do the kinds of matches he might normally do on the Indies or, you know, in these other federations he's been working in, like PCW. But I could see him having solid, still solid, you know, three star area matches with like Almas and AJ and guys like that and really kind of bringing a boost if that's what they wanted to turn smack down into now they haven't wanted to do that of late i did enjoy almas and uh aj this week i thought that was a pretty good match
0: yeah it was a good match it's just you know disappointing to see Almas kind of still stuck in this gatekeeper holding pattern
1: well they haven't they haven't progressed his character at all and they haven't really progressed a lot of characters in there and and i think that's an issue you need to start having them cut good promos as opposed to expository ones and, and let us know what these characters' motivations are a bit. Uh,
0: it's Backstage stuff would be useful, especially with Zelina and Andrade, where Zelina is mentoring him, pep-talking him, that sort of thing. They could be using that a little bit more with those characters. Well, we,
1: we say that, and then we got to this Rusev Day breakup.
0: Yeah, that was certainly them attempting to use backstage and front of the house as well.
1: Here's the thing is if I was outlining this as a character arc of some way and read it back to you the way they brought it in it makes no sense whatsoever. Aiden English comes down, tries to save Lana a couple times from Zelina, you know, tries to tries does not interfere at all. Is just trying to help out and ends up costing Rusev a few matches. Same with tag team match. Finally gets it right. Finally becomes the hero. Takes one for the team to get a number one title shot. They go in. There's miscommunication because, of course, you have to have him immediately revert to being a dummy again. Rusev blames him for his own missteps. And they go, don't come to the ring. So Aiden gets angry. And he starts ranting backstage about how he's been mistreated because he's been mistreated. And so Lotta <laughs> hears it and says, I'm going to tell Rusev, which is very weird. And he goes out and he tries to rectify it all and then eventually turns on him. I'm just like, wait. That last part doesn't make any sense.
0: What's really weird, too, you left out another inconsistency, which is Rusev decides, for reasons that make no sense, that he forgives Aiden, and that Aiden needs to come out and introduce him, and all's cool, as though he had forgiven Aiden. I guess maybe that was the subtext, but then you still have Lana looking concerned like she knows the treason is on its way. It it, it makes no sense, man.
1: Yeah, and... It's odd because this doesn't help either group.
0: Nope. Aiden, because I think Aiden has to go over Rusev here, but then what? And that's horrible for Rusev. He's not
1: going over Rusev though. That's the whole point. It's this is his ceiling was with Rusev day. It really reinvigorated his character in so many ways. And then Rusev and Lana as an act going over Aiden English. You know, does nothing. Does nothing. And eventually, you're going to have to get this group together again, I think, in order to, in order to really, you know, get the star power back. It, It's—we were expecting it. I just—I I thought Aiden had something there with the sympathy angle. I really did. And now they just—it's kind of, like, no, he was doing the right thing all along, and now he's the bad guy, and that's such a— that's such a WWE move. No, how dare you do the right thing and help your friends?
0: <laughs> no, it's going to all be about Rusev being narcissistic because <laughs> it's about Rusev. It's never been about happy Aiden Day, which it never was.
1: Yeah, and I don't want them to necessarily tip their hand all the time, but I mean, if if, if Aiden's getting jealous of that part, you know, you could show it, you could allude to it occasionally here and there. I mean, he never seemed unhappy about being Rusev's sidekick or Rusev's tag team partner. It's just such a...
0: And even when he came out and wrestled singles matches, he would still do the whole Rusev Day thing, not because Rusev was demanding it, but because he had these whole songs that would end on It's Rusev Day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he'd always ri- r- rhyme day with day for some reason, which I found.
0: <laughs> I liked that. I, th- I think that's, that's clever.
1: It's that's uh, clever. Uh, so, I guess, I don't know where to go because everything seems to be plugging like 12 different shows at once. It's like Yeah. Australia. And then there's this uh, evolution show. or And it's just like, oh, it's nothing but nonstop plugs.
0: So... Nakamura and Rusev in that match actually turned in a pretty decent match yeah. for a TV match.
1: Yeah. All the, I mean, SmackDown as a wrestling show, was, I mean, from the wrestling aspect, it's pretty darn good this week. I'd love to see a longer match with those two.
0: Every time you get Cesaro and Kofi Kingston, they always have a good match. This was a short one. It was like eight minutes, but you know, Cesaro and Kofi never gets tired.
1: Yeah, and then next week, Sheamus will probably lose and he'll you know turn into... You know, you go 50-50 until, until the Australia event.
0: Rollins and Ziggler on Raw for the IC title was actually a pretty decent match.
1: They, well, they have such great chemistry together. It, it's not a... See, it's weird. It's not a matter in this company of are the matches good or bad all the time. It's why are we watching this match right now and is there any real, you know, anger or feud in there that we should get invested in? It, it's the the Rollins... Oh, that's the other thing I want to mention in that in that match between the Dogs of War and 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 Rollins and Ambrose. That finish was one of the prettiest things I'd ever seen. When uh, when he gets him up, uh, you know, from the superplex about to do, I think the Falcon Arrow again, and and Drew comes in and just uh, gives him the Claymore kick.
0: Yo, it's so good. Oh, that, that was, was really so great.
1: great. Man, I got I I yelped. I got up out of my seat. I that's one of the better tag matches on the main roster this year. And it for me, it it it's in the running for WWE tag match of the year against Mustache Mountain versus uh the Undisputed Era. I Yeah, I really that was like a
0: really good lot. match too. I like that one too. But I like Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose here on Raw as well. I thought that Drew's just he's been good when he's been given opportunities to shine. But I mean eventually he can do much more than this.
1: Yeah, the the story's interesting though in terms of the uh in terms of the Baron Corbin involvement in the Dolph Seth line of work. It's like Oh, well he's hurt so he won't show up. So I'll just forfeit the tile to you. And then oh well, there he is. Great.
0: I love <laughs> the Baron Corbin line of, wow, I did two title changes in one night. I'm doing a great job. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I did. I just, uh, the, the Roman, the, it's, I, I'm not a fan of watching Baron Corbin work right now. I I, I just, the, the, no. the, the sweater well, he vest. He should just
0: be an annoying manager guy sure. in the back. Him having matches is just annoying, honestly. And he doesn't have good chemistry with Roman Reigns, so I don't know why you would want this.
1: Leo Rush.
0: Oh, Uh, I love Leo Rush. Week
1: two. You know, week two, what did you think?
0: I actually liked this. And him and Lashley as a duo have some decent chemistry. Leo being so undersized is a problem because he's a heel. And he still very much acts like a heel, and you almost want to see this guy get his ass kicked. So it's weird to pair him with Bobby Lashley.
1: Yeah, I, I think they just... <laughs> Vince has this thing about wanting to group all African Americans Yeah, no, together. no, I know what's
0: going on here. Yeah. But, I know
1: <laughs> but at the same time, it's weird, because I watched Leo on 205 Live give a promo with Drake Maverick, which is which is great because they're both saying hey i saw you on monday i saw you on monday but but leo does not ever genuinely deliver a line in any way no
0: he's completely disingenuous
1: which is both charming but at the same time depending on the situation he's in he needs to give a genuine line once in a while to get over the disingenuous if you know what i mean and i don't i don't just mean he's disingenuous in terms of attitude I mean he's disingenuous in terms of now I'm going to start my acting voice and I'm going to do that right now kind of thing. That that that's my kind of mark for that cuz Cause, cause that promo with Maverick uh, it was almost like I'm in the room but I'm not even paying attention to anything you're delivering in terms of my line and I needed that kind of connection a bit. I liked Look, I liked the uh <laughs> the the grade school kid getting bullied aspect of 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 leo doing the obstacle course to get back to the ring
0: theoretically he could be fun as a babyface in certain scenarios too but like the game with this guy is that he's got this big mouth that writes checks that his ass can't cash i, I just don't know how you play that out in this particular scenario does
1: leo rush eventually wrestle on raw
0: I have to imagine so, and I'm sure they don't have any reservations about it like you and I do. At least that's what I'm detecting in your voice, Don, like with Zelina Vega. You and I would never put Zelina Vega in the ring. She would be the manager of Almus, and she would occasionally, on occasion, when there's a title on the line, do a Hurricane Rana or something.
1: Well, I, I still think they should have a 205 match on Raw once a week, even though, <laughs> even though I guess it's ratings death. According to according to most, but it, it's I'm interested to see see because they've kept them as separate worlds for so long, where two hundred five live is its own universe, so to speak. That putting Leo Rush in with heavyweights and things like that might uh, uh, I I don't know I I. It, it, I could see them killing Leo Rush to get over Kevin Owens as a bully, which will be fine as a story. And then Bobby. But that's gonna be a problem when win. he
0: goes back on a 205 live.
1: Yeah, who gets who gets the wins on that team, Leo or Bobby? And it should always be Bobby. But if you kill Leo, eventually he has to get a pin, kind of like when, you know, you had the Enzo Cast team. You, you'd kill Enzo for the sympathy, but if, once in a while he'd have to get the win.
0: It's a weird scenario, and I almost... I guess they are almost kind of an Enzo and Cass type duo. Maybe that is sort of what Vince is thinking. I can kind of get some of that magic back with Leo. But I still... I don't like Leo. Uh, The Enzo character... I mean, he eventually became very grating, and obviously the guy is who the guy is. But at least in the early phases, the Enzo character is sort of endearing. There's something you kind of naturally like about the character... I don't feel that at all with Leo, but that's in part because that's exactly how the dude was packaged.
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking about him at the table with uh with Corey and, and Renee.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was it, it was interesting 'cause um I I am I'm I said this last week, I'm done with Renee Young on this table. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's it's passable at times. The cheerleading is okay, but she doesn't bring anything to it, in my opinion.
0: I'm willing to let her keep playing through her mistakes, but okay. I'm certainly acknowledging that she's playing through mistakes right now.
1: Yeah, and I think she's being coached a bit. You can tell some of the lines don't feel like Renee Young lines, and I think this might be that
0: turning point. Graves wasn't good initially when he got on commentary either. That's I mean, true. so you you gotta just bear with it, and, Chris, and again, got, consider Chris, the alternative. Am,
1: Chris, you know I am the most hypercritical person in the world. I I am I I watch things. I eh, eh, you know I I can find weaknesses in everything, and I never spout enough positives about things. It seems so. It always seems like I'm I'm just. I, someone once called this podcast when Rob and I were doing. You know, Jeff complains about WWE, which I don't. I don't mean to do, it's just, it's, it's, there's a lot to nitpick and there's, there's like the occasional bright spot and you go, oh, that's great. And you want that for the entire time. I'm just like, ah, I want a commentary team who's not always making me feel like I need to go out and buy breakfast cereal and toys and and, our,
0: and I too want Mauro Ronaldo, but he's unfortunately <laughs> only on NXT so in in the world of raw you have to sort of consider the alternative and not compare Renee Young against the ideal but against Booker T and jeez oh, see okay so Booker for me I kind of love how bad he is but he's actively bad so his badness is sometimes very entertaining but he's never going to get any better and coach was awful. I, I mean, they, they tried, I get it, but he was, he was just nothing. So given that, I mean, the better answer here is let's just go with Graves and Cole and just do a two man booth. But If WWE is married to that, eh, keep Renee on. Let's try her out for a few more months. If she's still not getting there, I don't know, in six months, yeah, you got to pull her, and and she's probably never going to be good behind the booth, but I, I don't know that we're there at a point yet where I can render that verdict.
1: So, a change in the WWE scheduling this week. Wednesday nights is now going to be 205 Live, NXT, and the Mae Young Classic for as long as that runs. Um... A three-hour block as opposed to a two for me um, originally uh, because I'd always watch 205 Live, then NXT. Uh, I I dig it as a concept because, you know, you, you kind of get all the hardcores on one night. Um, and I thought all three of the shows this week were, were pretty darn good. Um, starting with 205 Live, uh, I, I really enjoyed... <laughs> My favorite moment in two of Live was TJ Perkins bleeding from the chest after Lindsay Dorado chopped the crap out of him. I and th- this show continues to be great on the wrestling side and just needs to find an audience, so I hope moving it to Wednesdays.
0: And it's still searching for what the narrative through line is on this show, because yeah. they did at least have that with the Zo train. And of course the Zo train got obnoxious, blah 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 all those problems, but that gave them an axis with which to build all these different branches off of. And right now, yeah, Cedric's the champion, but he is not the narrative through line in this show like he needs to be as the champion in a show that only has one title.
1: Yeah, there's no singular personality really driving this, and there's no... Strong personalities driving. The
0: that switches. should be Drew Gulak. Like if this yes. was Guo5 Live, we're in a Drew. good position here. <laughs> yeah, you like that. <laughs> So if that. this is Google 5 Live, that's Open that's November original one. You get that trending on Twitter, hashtag Guo 5 Live. So if this is Google 5 Live, you have his people. You've got Gallagher and you've got Kendrick. He actually is a big enough personality. He can come out and deliver a PowerPoint presentation about how he's going to make 205 better this week. And he has a bullet item that he's going to action on, an action point or something. And that's the arc of of that episode does he execute on the action point or does that get thwarted by somebody I think there's a lot more interesting things that you can do through that than you'll ever be able to do with Cedric Alexander
1: And I think we need to have points to this constant rerunning of of feuds and stuff cuz we've had you know the Gallagher Kendrick versus you know Lucha House Party week after week after week and it's like okay what's the point of this guys we're just having
0: You have to build on top of them because in yeah. New Japan those guys fight each other all the time but through that, they keep adding in a new chapter, a new card in the deck of the game that they keep playing against each other.
1: Yeah, and it leads up to—I mean, the smaller house show matches lead up to the big, you know, the 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 dominions and the uh, and and uh, oh god, why can't I, you know, the big match? <laughs> it's on there. I'm not gonna try and have recall of it. The too, Tokyo too
0: Dome shows. Yes, if the you will. Tokyo
1: Dome shows, if you will. Um.
0: So that's what they need to be thinking about in terms of booking patterns with 205 Live, specifically for that show, because those guys are always clashing. Uh, Want to switch it over to NXT?
1: Uh, Yeah, a spectacular, I thought, main event this week with uh, Pete Dunne and Ricochet.
0: This was a very well-wrestled, non-finished match, and it... Dawned on me at some point midway through that we weren't going all the way because they didn't quite push it. But even for how much they gave us, oh, it was so good! It was a really good I'm match. I could it. watch those I'm, guys fight forever.
1: I'm absolutely fine with that. And and Lanza over on Voices and makes a good point. Pete Dunn, possibly the best wrestler on the uh, in terms of big matches every time out. Yeah, on the roster. I I just that.
0: I you can't he, miss with this guy. He always has a good match.
1: I th- and I think his, part of it is his brutality especially against a high flyer like Ricochet who is very um it, his his game is more finesse so you watch it for the beauty of the aerial moves and stuff rather than and the choreography whereas you you team him up with a guy like Dunn who's just who can do a variety of styles but it's when he the climbs, range
0: of Dunn. Yeah. It, like so he has a unique kind of home center where he's working on joints and stuff and that is sort of the bulk of the Pete Dunne match. But he does have some of that Lucha and Cruiserweight style in his repertoire that he can pull out. He's a little bit bigger so he can actually get a little bit stiffer. He can do some of the striking and it just allows Dunne to explore a very interesting range of wrestling. And it merges so nicely with Ricochet, who does a lot of the things that Dunn just doesn't do in the ring so much. And the high-flying is more his base of action. I love these two together. I really do.
1: Yeah, and and I liked the ending, too. I liked that it was a non-finish for now, because it sets up yes. a finish for later.
0: Someone oh, the asked stare-off me, was is, good.
1: Someone asked me, is this the best kind of match like this to have that kind of ending? And I said, uh... I haven't answered yet, but I I think other than maybe a...
0: In recent memory, sure. In
1: recent memory, yeah. There was a... I I remember there was a Tim Horner versus Ric Flair match that ended kind of like that with the Horseman coming in just to beat up Horner because he was doing too well in the match that I really, really liked. Um, But, you know, offhand, I mean, I liked it. It continues the build for what I think the War Games is going to be, which is, you know, British Strong Style versus Ricochet and the War Machine versus undisputed era. Um, I enjoyed the women's match quite a bit. The tag yes, match. Yes,
0: that tag match is something I would love to see exported over to SmackDown and Raw. That style of match. I didn't even necessarily think the match was great, but I just loved how it was a little bit looser and it actually felt like a tag match.
1: Yeah, it did. Um, they're, they're bringing along Diana Perazzo on this roster a little slower than I'd like because I think she is... I mean, she's top three in the world, in my opinion. Um, Aaliyah just god, god bless Aaliyah. She is uh <laughs> she's she's very cute, but she uh she she never seem she she doesn't she hasn't progressed and it's very it's very frustrating to me because she looked like she had a lot of talent at first and then it's never really improved in the ring. But I'm gonna say something about Lacey Evans. WWE are fools if they do not bring her up to a main roster and push her to the moon as a marketable commodity. And I'll tell you why. Because she fits, as a babyface, certain boxes. I like that they're getting the heel out of her now, I think. But the military service fits into their service with the USO. She's a single mom, which fits into the... feminist box for Stephanie she's athletic as hell and you know she's only gotten better since the May Young classic last year she's got a look opinion. and she's she, yeah, she's blonde which fits which fits Vince's box the problem is they have the Ronda problem because they only like having one star in the division and they have her and Charlotte and they just don't build these types of characters correctly so I think they may bring her up as a heel, which is kind of unfortunate. I liked the lady gimmick. I liked that Dakota Kai finally got some action in after because she's been made to look really bad in that Shayna Baszler feud. Um but overall, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Nikki Cross and and, and uh Bianca Belair again, because they showed highlights of that. The women's division right now, including the women that they may eventually sign from uh, from the May Young, the women that they have in NXT UK, which we'll get into in a bit, um, they have an embarrassment of riches for women and they just, they need to build a division somehow as opposed to going back to
0: they need to build a brand they need to build a legitimate women's brand with like a women's mid-card title a women's top of the division title women's tag team title they need their own show it needs to be its own thing because they have so many of them that they need the time
1: yeah uh what was for oh hector garza's kid debuted
0: yeah, yeah, I, I looked him up, and I, I enjoyed that squash match. That was That's the type of squash match that you and I have talked about. That's the right type of squash match.
1: It, it's the right and the wrong kind of squash match because, okay. again, kids debut. <laughs> Why are you debuting a kid to, to get killed like
0: this? Well, I think he's eventually going to get repackaged, repackaged. with a non-generic okay. gimmick. Those That'll, pants are weird. That... I don't think those pants stay.
1: Okay. No, I could see that. No, I really, I, I thought he, he had a couple of really good moves there and then he just got killed, which is a good thing.
0: That's what's supposed to happen in that type of scenario. Mm. I like this Street Profits promo about the chains. It made the loss meaningful. Like That's good storytelling. I enjoy that.
1: Yeah, the The only thing about, the, going back real quick to uh, Jackson Riker, I think his name is, is what exactly...
0: I thought he was the leader, and I heard on commentary that Cutler was, that Cutler recruited them.
1: Exactly. That's, that's, I want to know why his involvement, because before the Forgotten Sons were Cutler... And uh, and the way that video package
0: Blake. was shot a couple of weeks ago, it was Riker walking behind Cutler and Blake. Yeah. It, like R- Riker's always behind them. Very much the way you would stage a leader. Like Blake and Cutler have a certain look. Riker has a little bit different of a look. Mm-hmm. It was very weird to hear. Ah, Cutler recruited Riker into this. It's like, wait, he did.
1: Okay, he recruited them into what the, what are the Forgotten Sons? What's their whole reason for being? Are they a motorcycle gang? Well, you remember
0: when you were in your mid-30s, Jeff, and your buddies (laughs) approached you and said, hey, you want to go and hang out down at the auto yard? No. (laughs) Well, that's what these guys are doing.
1: My buddies would say, are you coming to the theater to drink? And I'd say probably not since I don't <laughs> No, but, oh, my mid thirties. God, uh, <laughs> uh, the May Young classic this week, I thought was interesting for a number of reasons. Um, the return of former WWE divas champ, I believe, Caitlin, I believe she was a divas champ. I don't, don't, uh,
0: yeah, don't... she was a divas champion.
1: Um, <laughs> they put her over hard, I think she has some rust on her, and she was put up against, uh, Davida, oh, the, I can't remember her last name right now, but the, uh, the, the Indian woman who, who, um, who got, like, six million YouTube hits because she's from India. mm it's funny because they were trying to put her over as her first match was at last year's May Young Classic and her second match was at WrestleMania. I'm like, why isn't she wrestling more? Because she absolutely stinks, in my opinion. She's uh, she's she's doing a giant gimmick, but Caitlyn's almost as big as her, which is very weird. Um, Caitlyn looked good in a few power matches. I, I'm wondering if they're going to actually bring her back or not. I'm... I'm curious about that because she's changed her look so much um, that I I don't know if...
0: Maybe she gets a new character when she comes back?
1: I don't know if... The, I, see, I don't know if they want her on the main roster. I, that's the weird thing is because they have nostalgia acts already and, you know, they might add her to NXT but they have enough women there. I don't know where you put her. That's my problem. Uh, next up we had a, a, if, if you followed women's wrestling and if you followed progress for any amount of time, uh, you've seen these two wrestle, uh, and they're both very, very good. Tony Storm and Ginny, AKA Ginny Couture. Um, I love Ginny to death. I, I, she's doing kind of a posh spice gimmick. Um, she has, uh, (laughs) what I like to call the Janina Gavankar eyebrow thing, um, Janine Gavankar is an actor. She's a friend of a friend. Uh, she was in Arrow and she was in True Blood. But she also has, a. for her slight build, she's very thin compared to Tony Storm, but she's very, very vicious in terms of also being this fashionista who, who can really just kill you with certain submission moves and stuff. I love her to death. It was unfortunate that she got hurt during the... Uh, WWE uh, UK uh, tournament this past year. They were in a four-way. She did a dive. She knocked herself out, and they eventually restarted the match. But these two are great. I think I think the NXT UK women, uh, they apparently taped a tournament. I, I know the results, but I can't remember them right now. Oh, now I remember them. But that UK scene for the women is going to be very, very interesting to see who they port over there, who they keep over there how they build it but these two I think are great together they've worked against each other many many times and tony storm is fantastic she's one of the most fantastic live performers I've ever seen um, in terms of the women and I'm also liking what they're doing for the women who were in this tournament uh, before is they're doing a what did you kind of learn and what are you bringing to the they're, they're doing kind of redemption stories for all of them it's kind of cool
0: Nice. Nice. What match would you say I need to catch this week from that?
1: From that that would that would be the Ginny versus Tony Storm match cuz the other two matches were okay. I was happy to see Karen Q uh she took the loss in her match, but uh I went to a Rye show where her and uh Ray Lynn do a tag team called Bones of Contention where they just they just quibble with each other the entire match and argue it's fantastic. And then the other match was uh Mia Yim versus um Allison K, pretty good match. Um, I'm not liking the the rebranded Mia Yim. She just started at the Performance Center, though, so I'm very happy for her. I like her as a performer. I like her more as a as kind of a straight on baby face rather than kind of um, she, this Blazian baddie character she's kind of playing, which is still baby face but more of an edgy type of character. I really. You know it's good, but you know I like rooting for you know straight ahead white meat baby faces. You you school. want her
0: to be more kawaii, I think well, is the term that they use.
1: Well, yeah. The problem here is they're still promoting her from last year as kind of the uh, symbol of domestic abuse survivor and stuff, and she's coming out you know like a, a brawler. Um, that that match wasn't too bad, but uh, but the match mm-hmm. to watch from this week is really I mean, last week. I would say. Watch the Casey Cat and Zaro match just for her debut, because um, she is a special athletic talent. And then this week, the match to watch would be uh, Tony Storm versus Ginny. It was it was very very good. Now well, that's it for Shake them ropes this week. Chris, give them your plugs.
0: You can find me many different places on the internet. My Twitter is at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O. My main show is Don't Worry About the Government. You can find that at Don'tWorry.TV and Patreon.com slash D-W-A-T-G. My other show is the All in the Family podcast. You can find that at all in the Family and Patreon.com slash All in the Family. I also, of course, host Lucha of the Hidden Temple. If you have a moment, if you could, we now have our own feed separate from the Voices feed, as well as being part of the Voices feed. It's just we're now being made to list separately as well. Point being, I would love reviews. So if you have a few extra moments, go over to iTunes and leave us a review. You
1: can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can go. Voices of Wrestling.com Slash STR for all our previous shows. Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com Slash Forums. Go talk to smart, intelligent, non trolley, mostly wrestling fans. For Chris Novembrino, I'm Jeff Hawkins. We'll see you next week.
0: Adios.